0: section thirteen of the story of a soul by saint therese of lisieux translated by rev thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain epilogue a victim of divine love part one many pages of this story said its writer will never be read upon earth it is necessary to repeat and emphasize her words there are sufferings which are not to be disclosed here below our lord has jealously reserved to himself the right to reveal their merit and glory in the clear vision where all veils shall be removed. My God, she cried on the day of her religious profession, give me martyrdom of soul or body, or rather give me both the one and the other. And our Lord who, as she herself avowed, fulfilled all her desires, granted this one also and in more abundant measure than the rest. He caused the floods of infinite tenderness pent up in his divine heart to overflow into the soul of his little spouse. This was the martyrdom of love, so well described in her melodious song. But it was her own doctrine that, To dedicate oneself as a victim of love is not to be dedicated to sweetness and consolations. It is to offer oneself to all that is painful and bitter, because love lives only by sacrifice, and the more we would surrender ourselves to love, the more we must surrender ourselves to suffering therefore because she desired to attain the loftiest height of love the divine master led her thither by the rugged path of sorrow and it was only on its bleak summit that she died a victim of love we have seen how great her sacrifice in leaving her happy home and the father who loved her so tenderly it may be imagined that this sacrifice was softened because at the carmel she found again two elder and dearly loved sisters on the contrary this afforded the young postulant many an occasion for repressing her strong natural affections the rules of solitude and silence were strictly observed and she only saw her sisters at recreation had she been less mortified she might often have sat beside them but by preference she sought out the company of those religious who were least agreeable to her and no one could tell whether or not she bore a special affection toward her own sisters some time after her entrance she was appointed as aide to sister agnes of jesus her dear pauline this was a fresh occasion for sacrifice therese knew that all unnecessary conversation was forbidden and therefore she never allowed herself even the least word oh my little mother she said later how i suffered i could not open my heart to you AND I THOUGHT YOU NO LONGER KNEW ME. AFTER FIVE YEARS OF THIS HEROIC SILENCE, SISTER AGNES OF JESUS WAS ELECTED PRIORESS. ON THE EVENING OF THE ELECTION, Therese MIGHT WELL HAVE REJOICED THAT HENCEFORTH SHE COULD SPEAK FREELY TO HER LITTLE MOTHER, AND AS OF OLD POUR OUT HER SOUL, BUT SACRIFICE HAD BECOME HER DAILY FOOD if she sought one favor more than another it was that she might be looked on as the lowest and the least and among all the religious no one saw less of the mother prioress she desired to live the life of carmel with all the perfection required by saint Teresa. and although a martyr of habitual dryness her prayer was continuous On one occasion a novice, entering her cell, was struck by the heavenly expression of her countenance. She was sewing industriously, and yet seemed lost in deep contemplation. "'What are you thinking of?' the young sister asked. "'I am meditating on the Our Father,' Thérèse answered. "'It is so sweet to call God Our Father.' and tears glistened in her eyes another time she said i cannot well see what more i shall have in heaven than i have now i'll see god it is true, but as to being with him i am that already even on earth the flame of divine love consumed her and this is what she herself relates a few days after the oblation of myself to god's merciful love i was in the choir beginning the way of the cross when i felt myself suddenly wounded by a dart of fire so ardent that i thought i should die i do not know how to explain this transport there is no comparison to describe the intensity of that flame it seemed as though an invisible force plunged me wholly into fire but oh what fire what sweetness when mother prioress asked her if this rapture was the first she had experienced she answered simply dear mother i have had several transports of love and one in particular during my novitiate when i remained for a whole week far removed from this world it seemed as though a veil were thrown over all earthly things but i was not then consumed by a real fire i was able to bear those transports of love without expecting to see the ties that bound me to earth give way whilst on the day of which i now speak one minute one second more and my soul must have been set free alas i found myself again on earth and dryness at once returned to my heart true the divine hand had withdrawn the fiery dart but the wound was unto death in that close union with god therese acquired a remarkable mastery over self all sweet virtues flourished in the garden of her soul but do not let us imagine that these wondrous flowers grew without effort on her part in this world there is no fruitfulness without suffering either physical pain secret sorrow or trials known sometimes only to god when good thoughts and generous resolutions have sprung up in our souls through reading the lives of the saints we ought not to content ourselves as in the case of profane books with paying a certain tribute admiration to the genius of their authors we should rather consider the price which doubtless they have paid for that supernatural good they have produced and if to-day therese transforms so many hearts and the good she does on earth is beyond reckoning we may well believe she bought it all at the price with which jesus bought back our souls by suffering and the cross not the least sufferings was the unceasing war she waged against herself refusing every satisfaction to the demands of her naturally proud and impetuous nature while still a child she had acquired the habit of never excusing herself or making a complaint. At the Carmel she strove to be the little servant of her sisters in religion, and in that same spirit of humility she endeavored to obey all without distinction. One evening during her illness the community had assembled in the garden to sing a hymn before an altar of the Sacred Heart, soeur therese who was already wasted by fever joined them with difficulty and arriving quite exhausted was obliged to sit down at once when the hymn began one of the sisters made her a sign to stand up without hesitation the humble child rose and in spite of the fever and great oppression from which she was suffering remained standing to the end the infirmarian had advised her to take a little walk in the garden for a quarter of an hour each day. This recommendation was for her a command one afternoon. A sister, noticing what effort it cost her, said, "Sir therese you would do much better to rest. Walking like this cannot do you any good. You only tire yourself. That is true." she replied. But do you know what gives me strength? I offer each step for some missionary. I think that possibly over there, far away, one of them is weary and tired in his apostolic labours, and to lessen his fatigue I offer mine to the good God. She gave her novices some beautiful examples of detachment. One year the relation of the sisters and the servants of the convent had sent bouquets of flowers for the mother prioress's feast Thérèse was arranging them most tastefully when a lay sister said crossly it is easy to see that the large bouquets have been given by your friends i suppose those sent by the poor will again be put in the background a sweet smile was the only reply and notwithstanding the unpleasing effects she immediately put the flowers sent by the servants in the most conspicuous place struck with admiration the lay sister went at once to the prioress to accuse herself of her unkindness and to praise the patience and humility shown by sir therese after the death of therese the same sister full of confidence pressed her forehead against the feet of the saintly nun, once more asking forgiveness for her fault. At the same instant she felt herself cured of cerebral anemia from which she had suffered for many years and which had prevented her from applying herself either to reading or mental prayer. Far from avoiding humiliations, Sœur Thérèse sought them eagerly, and for that reason she offered herself as aid to a sister who, she well knew, was difficult to please, and her generous proposal was accepted. One day, when she had suffered much from this sister, a novice asked her why she looked so happy. Great was her surprise on receiving the reply, "'It is because Sister N has just been saying disagreeable things to me.' what pleasure she has given me i wish i could meet her now and give her a sweet smile as she was still speaking the sister in question knocked at the door and the astonished novice could see for herself how the saints forgive sir acknowledged later on she soared so high above earthly things that humiliations did but make her stronger to all these virtues she joined a wonderful courage from her entrance into the carmel at the age of fifteen she was allowed to follow all the practices of its austere rule the fasts alone excepted sometimes her companions and the novitiate seemed how pale she looked tried to obtain a dispensation for her either from the night office or. From rising at the usual hour in the morning but the mother prioress would never yield to these requests a soul of such metal she would say ought not to be dealt with as a child dispensations are not meant for her let her be for god sustains her besides if she is really ill she should come and tell me herself but it was always a principle with therese that We should go to the end of our strength before we complained. How many times did she assist at matins, suffering from vertigo or violent headaches? I am able to walk, she would say, and so I ought to be at my duty. And thanks to this undaunted energy she performed acts that were heroic. It was with difficulty that her delicate stomach accustomed itself to the frugal fare of the Carmel certain things made her ill but she knew so well how to hide this that no one ever suspected it her neighbor at table said that she had tried in vain to discover the dishes that she preferred and the kitchen sisters finding her so easy to please invariably served her what was left it was only during her last illness when she was ordered to say what disagreed with her That her mortifications came to light when jesus wishes us to suffer she said at that time there can be no evading it and so when sister mary of the sacred heart was procuratrix she endeavored to look after me with a mother's tenderness to all appearances i was well cared for and yet what mortifications did she not impose upon me for she served me according to her own taste which was entirely opposed to mine therese's spirit of sacrifice was far-reaching she eagerly sought what was painful and disagreeable as her rightful share all that god asked she gave him without hesitation or reserve during my postulancy she said it cost me a great deal to perform certain exterior penances customary in our convents but i never yielded to these repugnancies it seemed to me that the image of my crucified lord looked at me with beseeching eyes and begged these sacrifices her vigilance was so keen that she never left unobserved any little recommendations of the mother prioress or any of the small rules which render the religious life so meritorious one of the old nuns having remarked her extraordinary fidelity on this point ever afterwards regarded her as a saint soeur was accustomed to say that she never did any great penances that was because her fervour counted as nothing the few that were allowed her it happened however that she fell ill through wearing for too long a small iron cross studded with sharp points that pressed into her flesh such a trifle would not have caused this she said afterwards if god had not wished thus to make me understand that the greater austerities of the saints are not meant for me nor for the souls that walked in the path of spiritual childhood the souls that are most dear to my father our lord once said to saint theresa are those he tries the most and the greatness of their trials is the measure of his love theresa was a soul most dear to god and he was about to fill up the measure of his love by making her pass through a veritable martyrdom. The reader will remember the call on Good Friday, April third, 1896, when, to use her own expression, she heard the distant murmur which announced the approach of the bridegroom, but she had still to endure long months of pain before the blessed hour of her deliverance on the morning of that good friday she made so little of the hemorrhage of the previous night that mother prioress allowed her to practise all the penances prescribed by the rule for that day in the afternoon a novice saw her cleaning windows her face was livid and in spite of her great energy it was evident that her strength was almost spent seeing her fatigue the novice who loved her dearly burst into tears and begged leave to obtain her some little reprieve but the young novice mistress strictly forbade her saying that she was quite able to bear the slight fatigue on the day on which jesus had suffered and died soon a persistent cough made the mother prioress feel anxious she ordered sir therese a more strengthening diet and the cough ceased for some time truly sickness is too slow a liberator exclaimed our dear little sister i can only rely upon love she was strongly tempted to respond to the appeal of the Carmelites of Hanoi, who much desired to have her, and began a novena to the venerable Theophanie Venere to obtain her cure, but, alas, that novena proved but the beginning of a more serious phase of her malady. Like her divine master, she passed through the world doing good. LIKE HIM, SHE HAD BEEN FORGOTTEN AND UNKNOWN, AND NOW STILL FOLLOWING HIS FOOTSTEPS, SHE WAS TO CLIMB THE HILL OF CALVARY. ACCUSTOMED TO SEE HER ALWAYS SUFFERING, YET ALWAYS JOYOUS AND BRAVE, MOTHER PRIORESS, DOUBTLESS INSPIRED BY GOD, ALLOWED HER TO TAKE PART IN THE COMMUNITY exercises, SOME OF WHICH TIRED HER EXTREMELY at night she would courageously mount the stairs alone pausing at each step to take a breath it was with difficulty that she reached her cell and then in so exhausted a state that sometimes as she avowed later it took her quite an hour to undress after all this exertion it was upon a hard pallet that she took her rest her nights too were very bad and when asked if she would not like some one to be near her in her hours of pain she replied oh no on the contrary i am only too glad to be in a cell away from my sisters that i may not be heard i am content to suffer alone as soon as i am pitied and loaded with attentions my happiness leaves me what strength of soul these words betray where we find sorrow she found joy what to us is hard to bear being overlooked and ignored by creatures became to her a source of delight and her divine spouse knew well how to provide that bitter joy she found so sweet painful remedies had often to be applied one day, when she had suffered from them more than usual, she was resting in her cell during recreation, and overheard a sister in the kitchen speaking of her thus. Sœur so Thérèse will not live long, and really sometimes I wonder what Mother Priors will find to say about her when she dies. She will be sorely puzzled, for this little sister amiable as she is, has certainly never done anything worth speaking about. The infirmarian, who had also overheard the remark, turned to Therese and said, If you relied upon the opinions of preachers, you would indeed be disillusioned to-day. The opinion of preachers, she replied, happily God has given me the grace to be absolutely indifferent to that. Let me tell you something which showed me once and for all how much it is worth. A few days after my clothing, I went to our dear mother's room, and one of the sisters who happened to be there said on seeing me, Dear mother, this novice certainly does you credit. How well she looks. I hope she may be able to observe the rule for many years to come. I was feeling decidedly pleased at this compliment when another sister came in, and looking at me said, "Poor little Sœur how very tired you seem! You quite alarm me. If you do not soon improve, I am afraid you will not be able to keep the rule very long. I was then only sixteen. But this little incident made such an impression on me that I never again set store on the varying opinion of creatures. On another occasion, someone remarked, It is said that you have never suffered much. Smiling, she pointed to a glass containing medicine of a bright red color. You see this little glass, she said. One would suppose that it contained a most delicious draught whereas in reality it is more bitter than anything else i take it is the image of my life to other it has all been rose-colored they have thought that i continually drank of a most delicious wine yet to me it has been full of bitterness i say bitterness and yet my life has not been a bitter one FOR I HAVE LEARNED TO FIND MY JOY AND SWEETNESS IN ALL THAT IS BITTER. YOU ARE SUFFERING VERY MUCH JUST NOW, ARE YOU NOT? YES, BUT THEN I HAVE SO LONGED TO SUFFER. HOW IT DISTRESSES US TO SEE YOU IN SUCH PAIN, AND TO THINK THAT IT MAY INCREASE, SAID HER NOVICES oh do not be grieved about me i have reached a point where i can no longer suffer because all suffering is become so sweet besides it is quite a mistake to trouble yourselves as to what i may still have to undergo it is like meddling with god's work we who run in the way of love must never allow ourselves to be disturbed by anything if i did not simply live from one moment to another It would be impossible for me to be patient, but I only look at the present, I forget the past, and I take good care not to forestall the future. When we yield to discouragement or despair, it is usually because we think too much about the past and the future, but pray much for me, for it is often just when I cry to heaven for help that I feel most abandoned." how do you manage not to give way to discouragement at such times i turn to god and all his saints and thank them notwithstanding i believe they want to see how far my trust may extend but the words of job have not entered my heart in vain even if god should kill me i would still trust in him I own it has taken a long time to arrive at this degree of self-abandonment, but I have reached it now, and it is the Lord himself who has brought me there. Another time, she said, our Lord's will fills my heart to the brim, and hence, if aught else is added, it cannot penetrate to any depth but like oil on the surface of limpid waters glides easily across if my heart were not already brimming over and must needs be filled by the feelings of joy and sadness that alternate so rapidly then indeed would it be flooded by a wave of bitter pain but these quick succeeding changes scarcely ruffle the surface of my soul and in its depths there reigns a peace that nothing can disturb and yet her soul was enveloped in thick darkness and her temptations against faith ever conquered but ever returning were there to rob her of all feeling of happiness at the thought of her approaching death were it not for this trial which is impossible to understand she would say i think i should die of joy at the prospect of soon leaving this earth by this trial the divine master wished to put the finishing touches to her purification and thus enable her not only to walk with rapid steps but to run in her little way of confidence and abandonment her words repeatedly prove this i neither desire death nor life were our lord to offer me my choice i would not choose i only will what he wills it is what he does that i love i do not fear the last struggle nor any pains however great my illness may bring god has always been my help he has led me by the hand from my earliest childhood and on him i rely my agony may reach the furthest limits but i am convinced he will never forsake me such confidence in god of necessity stirred the fury of the devil of him who at life's close tries every ruse to sow the seeds of despair in the hearts of the dying last night i was seized with a terrible feeling of anguish she confessed to mother agnes of jesus on one occasion i was lost in darkness and from out of it came an accursed voice are you certain god loves you has he himself told you so the opinion of creatures will not justify you in his sight these thoughts had long tortured me when your little note like a message from heaven was brought to me you recalled to me dear mother the special graces jesus had lavished upon me and as though you had had a revelation concerning my trial you assured me I was deeply loved by God and was on the eve of receiving from His hands my eternal crown. Immediately peace and joy were restored to my heart. Yet the thought came to me, it is my little mother's affection that makes her write these words. Straightway I felt inspired to take up the Gospels, and opening the book at random, I lighted on a passage which had hitherto escaped me. He whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God for God doth not give the spirit by measure. Then I fell asleep, fully consoled. It was you, dear mother, whom the good God sent me, and I must believe you because you speak the words of God for several days during the month of August. Therese remained so to speak beside herself and implored that prayers might be offered for her she had never before been seen in this state and in her inexpressible anguish she kept repeating oh how necessary it is to pray for the agonizing if one only knew one night she entreated the infirmarium to sprinkle her bed with holy water saying i am besieged by the devil I do not see him, but I feel him. He torments me and holds me with a grip of iron, that I may not find one crumb of comfort. He augments my woes, that I may be driven to despair, and I cannot pray. I can only look at our Blessed Lady and say, Jesus, how needful is that prayer we use at Procul resident somnia et noctium phantasmata free us from the phantoms of the night something mysterious is happening within me I am not suffering for myself but for some other soul and Satan is angry the infirmarian startled lighted a blessed candle and the spirit of darkness fled never to return but the sufferer remained to the end in a state of extreme anguish one day while she was contemplating the beautiful heavens someone said to her soon your home will be there beyond the blue sky how lovingly you gaze at it she only smiled but afterwards she said to the mother prioress dear mother the sisters do not realize my sufferings just now, when looking at the sky, I merely admired the beauty of the material heaven. The true heaven seems more than ever closed against me. At first, their words troubled me, but an interior voice whispered, "Yes, you are looking to heaven out of love since your soul is entirely delivered up to love." All your actions, even the most indifferent, are marked with this divine seal. At once, I was consoled. End of epilogue a victim of divine love, part one.